James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed, it is James Golden with you here on WABC, and we are, as you just heard, the crown jewel of American radio. You can be a part of all of that today. 800-848-WABC is the number to join us. 800-848-9222. And as usual, as happens every single day of the week, my broadcast week is Monday through Saturday. Saturday, of course, we're only at 8 in the morning. We have more news than we can possibly get to. And there is more going on than we can possibly get to. I trust all of you had a safe weekend. We The last time we spoke, we were uh, in the midst of the snow bomb. It is 18 uh, degrees as a low tonight. It's going to be cold. Right now, depending on where you are, could be anywhere from 32, freezing, to a little bit higher. And, of course, we want you to be... Say, uh, our broadcast engineer, Rich, described this period. He says, after the holidays, what is it, Rich? It's, it's, what did he call it? Gray, gray something and suck. I'll have to, <laughs> yeah. So that's the period after, after Christmas. And so just be careful, you know, icy streets, icy sidewalks, and you know, how that goes. It is winter in New York. Let's get started today with the crime stack. A 38-year-old man was stuck, was struck with a metal pipe and robbed. Guess where this happened? Why it happened on a New York City subway. And the New York City subways, of course, according to our new mayor, Mayor Adams, and also according to our unelected Governor Hochul, all of these subways were going to get a lot more attention to make them safe. So far, it seems that this is not working out. This happened in Manhattan. So even if they catch the perp, there's a chance that our illustrious new district attorney, Alvin Bragg, might decide to Give him a break, because after all, criminals are people too, and they deserve leniency whenever you can give them. Next up, Governor Newsom, California Democrat leaders, have defied their own state's law. They went to the football game, the Rams game, and guess what? They weren't wearing masks. You see, ladies and gentlemen, as is the case with most Democrat leaders in most blue cities, the mask mandates are for the peasants. They're for the underclass, the peasant class. They're not for the Democrat boss class. They're for the servants. The servants should wear masks so that the elected leaders, like Gavin Newsom, Eric Garcetti, can be safe from being polluted with the germs of the servants and the peasants. That's what that's all about. Next up. California. We stay there with Governor Newsom again. 
California has the largest death row in America because California spent almost a million dollars on a new death chamber that has never been used. They, they spent it, they, they got it all ready to go, and never used it. Governor Newsom, three years ago, placed a moratorium on executions. Now, he is dismantling San Quentin's death row. He says that he wants to turn the death row section of San Quentin State Prison into a positive healing environment. Those are his words. So he's going to send all the murderers and some of these people on California's death row are the worst of the worst, including, remember the child guy, the killer that killed Polyclass? Yeah, he's one of those sitting out there unless he died and I didn't hear about it. For years until his uh, his execution was overturned, Charlie Manson was on death row. You've got all kind of people sitting on death row. If you remember, there was an execution many, many years ago in California. It was Schnooky or Snooky, the guy that was with one of the gangs out there. I think the, the, the Crips or maybe the other one. What was the other one? The Bloods. He was either with one of them, the Bloods or the Crips. And when back when Arnold Schwarzenegger was in office, they gave old Snook the needle. They slipped him the needle and said, bye-bye, Snook, you're gone. Snook's a black guy, and he was a gangbanger. So they got rid of him. Now you have killers on serial killers, child killers on death row in California, and Gavin Newsom has now decided that in California, death row is going to be a positive healing place, and they'll let the killers off the hook, and send them over to Gen Pop or wherever they're going to send them somewhere else. Next up. More than 80 firearms were stolen by the thieves who raided cargo trains in, where else? Los Angeles. Now, you all saw the pictures of this. They were the, 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 the tracks were litter ruined, just totally... Litter strewn everywhere on the train tracks and the side of the train tracks where the thieves had gone in unopposed and just raided train after train just at bay because why? They don't take robbery serious in California. Their delay day their district attorneys are like our prosecutors here, like Mr. Bragg. You know, burglary, who cares? Who cares with these smash and grab robberies? Who cares if they're just taking stuff? It's only stuff. It's only consumerism. We don't care about that. Criminals are good people. Well, now authorities have discovered that at least 82 firearms were among the items that were stolen. 36 handguns, 46 shotguns have been stolen over the past several months from the trains and the Los Angeles police have reacquired, it says, only a handful of the stolen items. Next up. A Georgia woman is in trouble. 
Three masked men entered the J&J dollar store at Georgia. They fatally shot an employee. The woman was in the store at the time. She was a victim of the robbery, but she was arrested after police had a chance to look at the video. After She may have been the one that called in the 911, I believe. She dismantled. Yep, here it is. Ms. McGee is her name. She called 911 to report the incident, later disabled the security system for the store so that she could steal lottery tickets while one of the clerks lay dead on the floor. She has been arrested. Next up. In Washington, D.C., the Metropolitan Police Department, District of Columbia, has arrested a Maryland teenager. He carjacked a member of the city council of the District of Columbia, a candidate that was running for the city council. He's a 17-year-old, arrested Friday, charged with carrying a pistol. Why not? Everybody does it. Unauthorized use of a vehicle. Possession of an unregistered firearm. Now, were he in New York, Manhattan, perhaps our DA here would look at his age and say, ah, it doesn't matter, he's a teenager, let him go. Or let's at least reduce the charges. We don't want to, we don't, we don't want to ruin his life. Next up, your Department of Homeland Security. The people that are supposed to be securing the borders, the people that are supposed to be keeping us safe, ladies and gentlemen, have decided that Hebreto Fuerte Padilla, an illegal immigrant who was driving drunk in 2020 when he smashed a car into the car of a Texas teenager and killed her, he tried to flee the scene. Police caught him. They put him in jail. Homeland Security Department, when he was convicted, said once he got through with his sentence in Texas, they wanted to deport him. Well, guess what, folks? He's finished his sentence. And our Homeland Security Department, under Alejandro Mayorkas, says that Gilberto Fuerte Pidila who was driving drunk when he killed the Texas teenager, no longer qualifies, no longer qualifies, I repeat, no longer qualifies as a candidate for deportation. He is not a high priority. So you know what? Let's just let him out so that he can apply for some government bennies and live off the taxpayers of America. Next up, Joe Biden's Justice Department, the Democrat Party Justice Department, is in deal-making mode. They have made a deal with the three guys that were convicted of murdering Georgia resident Ahmad Aubrey. This case got a lot of attention. These were the vigilante guys, two of them sentenced to life without parole. The other two are 30 sentenced. Now, Joe Biden's Justice Department, the U.S. District for the Southern District of Georgia, 
has decided to make a deal. They were facing hate crime charges. And so the deal is, is that instead of going to state prison, they'll do most of their time at Club Fed because it'll be safer for them in Club Fed, safer for the murderers of this young black man. Now, you progressives who always say the Republicans are the racist, that Republicans are always the evil ones, the bigots, and all that. Explain to me how the killers, convicted killers of this young black man, have been cut a preferential deal so that they could do their time in the safe environment of Club Fed, a federal prison, instead of having to go to that awful, awful state prison where perhaps these killers of that young black man wouldn't be so safe. Please tell me how this works, because I'm interested in exactly how Joe Biden's Democrat Party Department of Justice sees the world. Last up, White House Press Secretary Peppermint Patty, Jen Psaki, is mocking or has mocked media outlets who cover and have been cover covering the soft on crime policies of people like our own prosecutor, Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, like that prosecutor Gasson out in LA where he's up for a recall, like that soft on crime prosecutor in in San Francisco like the one in Dallas, Saki made an appearance on the Pod Save America podcast last week. She started talking about a Fox News segment that was dealing with this whole business of the soft on crime liberals, and she laughed it off. We've got a 510% nationwide spike in carjackings. 24 police officers have been shot in January. All the crime that you see every day. You know what she says? She said that while CNN and MSNBC were, MS, PMSNBC were focused on Ukraine and Russia tensions, on Fox, Janine Pirro is talking about soft on crime consequences. I mean, she says, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? What does that even mean? There's an alternative universe on some coverage, he says. What's scary about it is a lot of people watch that. Yeah. She says people care more about what's happening in their lives than what's necessarily happening in every cable news chiron every day. In other words, people care more about their lives than what's being reported on TV. Well, what's happening in their lives, Miss Saki, that doesn't happen in your neighborhood or Joe Biden's neighborhood, is that regular everyday people, the people that pay the taxes, the people that make the country work, they're being threatened by criminals that your party's letting out on the streets, and you're sitting here laughing about it. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. We've got more news. We've got your calls coming up. It is Monday. Stay with us. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Oh, yeah, baby. 
WABC Talk Radio 77, Buffalo, New York native Rick James brings us back. This was Rick's first big hit in what would be an incredible career. You and I, right here on WABC Talk Radio 77. New York City's number one radio station, the station you love and grew up with, and the station you still love. If you're in the car, it's all right to rock. You know, keep your hands on the wheel. And be careful. The roads, you know, black ice. And be careful walking out there. All right, my friends, we have a uh, another two stories before. Well, there are some other things I want to get to, but this one. I know you all heard about this or must have. That actress that went on a rant because she was upset over the street closures for our hero, Jason Rivera, detective first grade during Jason Rivera's funeral. The one We do not need to shut down most of lower Manhattan because one cop died for probably doing his job incorrectly. They killed people who are under 22 every single day for no good reason, and we don't shut down the city for them. This is on TikTok. The actress goes on TikTok. Her handle was Vinyl Boobs. Her name is Jacqueline Guzman. She's been fired from her acting job. Originally from Hialeah, Florida. You wonder what people think. Well, there's another story today. Brooklyn public school teacher. He also had something to say about... Detective first grade Jason Rivera's funeral. We, I mean, it's amazing what these, what these people feel comfortable saying. He made an anti-police. He went on a tear too. Pretty much saying that the, the cops that were on, you know, lining the streets there, He suggested that violence come to them. And then later on, he deleted his remarks. And he tried to clarify. He was a teacher at Coney Island Prep. Guess what? He's not teaching there anymore. I don't know what it is. He he said that that these crowds of cops were ideal conditions for reciprocity. Suggesting that somebody maybe should drive into them or hurt them in some way. I don't, I don't understand. And, and I also don't understand, you know, people have been, social media is not new anymore. Do people not understand that if you are in a public position, that the vilest of vile remarks will go viral and that somebody's going to hear about it? Now, this is a sad case. 
And I wonder what the outcome of this is going to be. A Virginia girl died of COVID. It was later revealed she went to Hill Point Elementary School in Suffolk, Virginia. It was later revealed that without her parents' consent, she was given the job from a substitute teacher as the class nurse. And I don't know what the class nurse entailed, but apparently she might have come into contact with other students who had COVID. She was not vaccinated. The school came up with a three-page report on it and refused to share it with her parents. The parents were forced to file a Freedom of Information Act And that's when they discovered that their 10-year-old girl had been named the class nurse, and they were never told. It is amazing what goes on in schools. And I wonder, here's a story from AmericanWireNews.com. By the way, AmericanWireNews.com and I, I have to, I should disclose, American Wire News is helping me power a two, two days, I'm sorry, two times a day, a news blast where we give you some of the top headlines of stuff going all around in the country. And I've gotten so many positive, this is an opt-in thing. We're not going to spam you. If you want it, you can, um, Go to jamesgolden.com or go to boastnerdly.com and sign up for the news blast. And people are loving it, apparently. We've gotten so many positive comments, which I'm very grateful for. But anyway, here's a story from AmericanNewsWire.com. Sean Penn has earned leftist wrath for his take on cowardly Western men who have become women. Sean Penn... That's right. Sean Penn says, I'm in the club that believes men in American culture have become wildly feminized. He had um, an interview with a British newspaper. He says, I don't think that's being a brute or having insensitivity or disrespect for women has anything to do with masculinity or ever did. But I don't think that in order to be fair to women, we should become them. The left are furious so far. And let's see whether they continue to make this an issue or whether it just disappears. When we get back, your calls start with us here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, after this show, John Katsimatidis comes up. The Cats Roundtable comes up. Keep it here. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdy, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Don't you dare go away. Bo knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Oh, my goodness. The Stones bring us back. I always wait with anticipation when we come out of commercial breaks to see what Rich has picked. Yes, indeed. WABC Talk Radio 77. So there's a story. Yes, I know. We are getting the phones in a few moments. I'm going to do this story first. There's a story in the WAPO, in the Washington Post today. And, of course, 
Here's the M.O. They use a black woman and her family, single black woman and her two kids, a picture in front of the house because white folks, I guess, don't have problems with rent. It's only black people that are being, you know, driven from their homes because of the new rent crisis. At least that's what they want you to believe. Or that's what the suggestion is. Here's the headline. Rents are up more than 30% in some cities, forcing millions, millions to find another place to live. And with all those millions, they had to picture a black woman for the hard luck story with her kids. Kira Aji, or Aji is her name. She moved in less than a year ago into her place. Now she's got to move again. Her two-bedroom apartment in Henderson, Nevada, rent rising 23%. She's being asked to pay almost 1600 bucks a month. She can't afford it. Miss Aji makes 15 bucks an hour. She works from home as a medical biller while also caring for her one-year-old son, one-year-old son, one-year-old son, one, where's your daddy? Because she can't afford child care. By the time she pays rent, which takes up more than half her salary and buys groceries, there's almost nothing left. I'm trying to figure out what I can do. She also has an eight-year-old daughter. Where's your daddy? Rent is so high I can't afford anything. Now, Miss Aji's not alone there. Average rent rose about 14% last year. Average is $1,877 a month. With cities like Austin, New York, Miami, your Miami, Miami, notching these increases as much as 40%, according to the real estate firm Redfin. And Americans can expect rents to continue to rise by about 10% this year. Higher rents are also expected to be a key driver of inflation. In coming months, and you know inflation's at 40-year highs. The, the Biden administration is already, it says, reallocating funds from the unused money from the $46.5 billion emergency rental assistance program. Well, why aren't you helping Miss Aji with all this unused money? And then they're helping residents pay utility payments and rent, cities like Washington, D.C., Houston, San Diego. Well, give some of that money to Miss Hachi then. But no, no, no. 11 million households spend more than half of their income on rent, and prices are going up. And no one is offering this as a suggestion. Part of the reason that prices are going up now is the moratorium that you liberals put on rent and not letting landlords evict people who weren't paying rent. What'd you think? They were going to keep the prices down forever? When you artificially interfere with the rent market, when those restrictions are lifted, the prices are going to go up. This is kind of economics 101. Where, Rich, shall we start on the phones this afternoon? All right, good afternoon, James, let us begin with Ken on Long Island. Welcome, Ken, WABC Talk Radio 77. What's on your mind? Hello, Hello Hi. James. Good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Thank you for taking my call. I'm a retired veteran, New York City Correctional Officer, 23 years of service, uh, basically my whole career on Rikers Island. I started in 1990 with the Correction Department 
And there were about 25,000 inmates. And if you remember, that was kind of during the, the crack uh The crack uh, epidemic. epidemic, yeah. Right. Now there's probably little under like 5,000 inmates on Rikers Island currently as we speak. Where are all these inmates? Most of them, like, are in, in the street. The Blasio administration, the city council has failed everyone in New York by uh, their failed bail reform. And what I mean by that is they released these inmates out into the street in the middle of the night, Queens Plaza, Brooklyn, Bronx. They dropped them off in the middle of the night and, and let them go. A lot of these guys that are released have mental illness. Where do they gravitate to? They gravitate towards the subways. That's where you get women getting attacked in the subway or pushed in front of the train. The Blasio administration didn't think any of this. What I'm, what I'm thinking, I have a theory now. If you look at uh, LaGuardia Airport, they're building all these terminals. They have two little runways. If you ever landed in LaGuardia, you hit the ground, the brakes go, and I watched it for years on Rikers Island. There's no room really to land planes. Why well, do now, to- wait a minute. With the expansion at LaGuardia, they're supposedly uh, building new runways as well. This this is a tremendous expansion. Do you know, I'm sorry for this aside, I'm not going to take away from your time, that this new terminal at LaGuardia has been rated the best new airport terminal in the entire world. I, I, James, I don't doubt that, but I have to admit, why do they want to close Rikers? You can't build anything on Rikers. It's a landfill. It, they want to extend the runway onto Rikers Island. That's why they want to clear out Rikers and put borough facilities in so they could do the expansion for the runway. Oh. The, the inmates are fine on Rikers Island. You know. See, let me ask you a question about that, Ken. Because for years and years, every New Yorker has heard that Rikers is just the most horrible place. Of course, if you're Jeffrey Epstein, maybe, you know, you got a point. But um, but it's uncontrollable. And I keep asking, and I've known other correction officers that worked out at Rikers, and they never right. described it that way. And so why is Rikers, of all places, the only prison in America where the inmates can't be controlled? Well, it's a bigger one. One, it's one of the biggest penal colonies in the whole United States, or if not the world. Uh, it, it was managed very well under uh, Chief of the Department Mike Corahan. Uh, let's see, Bernard Carrick. Uh, you know, slashings were inmate slashings were. We were getting like a thousand slashings a month when Carrick started prosecuting and locking up the inmates and. Uh, the emergency response, they, they they all but neutered the the emergency response team on Rikers Island Emergency Service. They, they practically neutered these guys down to, like, searching cells, whereas they're the guys you put in the tank and you leave them there until they're needed. Let those guys work out, build their muscles, and when there's a disturbance, that's when you bring them out. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about brutality. It's just a show of force. It's it's like um, it's 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 like. George so Washington. let me let me ask you this before we get too too far off into it. What so you're saying that depending on who was running the show, Rikers was safe. Yes, for the officers and, and both the inmates. I mean, slashings were down. I worked in the Otis Phantom Correctional uh, Center, and that's where the central punitive segregation is, which De Blasio closed down. Now. 
these inmates are acting out. You have no place to put them. You have no place to put them, but, you know, distribute them throughout the facilities. So the violence continues. If they opened up the central punitive segregation and, and house the inmates in there, crime would reduce on the island. There's more officer slashings on Rikers Island. Officers getting assaulted. One female officer was near raped by an inmate. I mean, you know, it's mismanagement from the top level down. Uh, this new commission. All right, I got uh, because I got one other question I have to ask, and then we got to get to some other calls. And I and you call us back because I really appreciate getting your inside take on this. What do you think happened to Jeffrey Epstein and Rikers? Uh, let, let me just uh, touch on that before I answer the question. Think of the expansion of okay. Rikers Island. They want to close Rikers to build to extend the runways. I mean, we got that. You think your theory is they want to close Rikers down so they have more room for runways for LaGuardia? Got Absolutely. It. All right. Okay. Right. And your now, question was. Tell me, your take on what do you think happened to Jeffrey Epstein over in Rikers? Uh, one, Jeffrey Epstein was not at Rikers Island. I believe he was uh, downtown at uh, Metropolitan. Oh, that's right. He was at the Fed. He was at Me- Metro- uh, My mistake. Right. He was at Metropolitan. Happened? What do you think happened to him anyway? Well, they said they, from what I gathered just from the media and what they talk about is that, uh, you know, they said he was in a double occupancy cell and that he was moved. Uh-huh. One, th- one thing they stated was that he something was broken in his neck, which was prior to when they actually found him dead in the cell. You know? Okay. Well, Tim, I think we, we got it. Thank you, my friend, for the call. Do appreciate it. Rich, time for one quick more. Where do we go next? Let's head west to Queens and say hi to Lou. Hi, Lou. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. What's on your mind? James Golden. I prefer the name. And and I just want to say something that uh, I think that what we should be looking into is these major corporations. It looks like there's about 23 of them. And you wouldn't believe who they are. They're Cisco. They're IBM, Microsoft, they're Uber, they're Facebook, they're Twitter. They gave about $1.4 billion to Black Lives Matter, not knowing who their leadership was, not knowing what their agenda was. And I think they should be going to their charity fund uh, grantors and asking them, where did this money go? What did it accomplish? Well, we know where some of it went, Lou. Some of Lou, we know where some of it went. Some of it went to buy a multi-million dollar mansion in Canada. And we don't know right now who's in charge of BLM because the person that was in charge quit. And people are starting to ask, where are these millions of dollars going? And good for you, Lou, for asking. Hey, BLM, where's, show us the money. Where's the money? It was supposed to be meant to help black communities. Apparently, it's not. Ooh, what a surprise. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here on WABC, back after this. Now, here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, on 77 WABC. Chaka Khan and Rufus bring us back in. This was an amazing ballad where... Shaka shows off her incredible vocal range. Everlasting love on WABC.
everlasting love. You know, there's a story that is in two places today. One, it's an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. The other is a story that um, appears, I believe it's either in BizPack Review or American Wire News. Um, <clears throat> and it is about the bait and switch that is going on with infrastructure spending. Now, rather than get into weeds with the details now, I'm going to hold this story. This is one reason that you'll tune here later in the week, and I'm going to send the story to Princess Di, because I can't wait to hear what America's Princess of Policy thinks about it. Remember, tomorrow, yeah, the other story is in BizPack Review. Here's their headline, Highway Funding Bait and Switch, How Transportation Department is Enforcing What Congress Couldn't Pass. That's a little hint. We'll wait until we talk with Princess Di to get that one. And remember, Mark Stein is with us tomorrow and every Tuesday here on James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you on WABC Talk Radio 77. So tune in tomorrow for Mark, and we'll have Princess Di later in the week. There is, my friends, another story in the Hill, and boo-hoo-hoo, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Justice Breyer's retirement is the latest complication for Biden's spending bill. Oh, no. It's getting in the way of the Democrats trying to come up with this spending bill. Rich, where are we going on the phones? We are headed up to New Rochelle to speak with Ralph. Ralph, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden. What's on your mind? How are you, Mr. Golden? A pleasure to speak with you. My pleasure. I was wondering, do you have any statistics on how many criminals vote? Because I got to imagine it can't be the common sense citizen voting for these politicians that are, you know, making these laws, you know, so lenient on criminals that they're making your own neighborhood unsafe. It's got to be the criminals voting. This is progressivism and it's not just the criminals. It is not the criminals. And by the way, you just you just triggered something and reminded me of another story I was unable to get to last week. Someone did it. I don't have the answer to your question. I don't know how many criminals, if we look in total, aggregate, are voting across the United States, but it's an interesting question, and I am going to see if there is research on it. I There is a study, however, about the number of illegal immigrants that are voting, and that um, there was someone did an analysis, I read it last week, that most illegal immigrants who have been granted the right to vote in these progressive cities, <clears throat> they're not showing up. They're not voting. And the analysis of that is that they don't want to get entangled with the government. They don't want to leave their names. They don't want any way to track them. They'd rather stay in the shadows. I thought that was a little bit interesting. Ralph, great question. Thanks for the call. Time to do some research on it. If I can find something, I'll get back with you and let you know. Where do we go next, Rich? Let us go over to Pelham and say hi to Tom. Tom, how are you? Welcome. Hello, Tom. Going once, going twice. Where do we go next? Let's go to Bergen County and say hi to John. John, welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdley. Always a pleasure to speak to you. I just wanted to bring up a point about the uh, liberal language they're using. Uh especially Adams, when he speaks, he speaks about gun violence. He doesn't speak about violence or the policies that cause that violence. 
There've always been this amount of guns in New York City for the last 30 years. And depending on the leadership, there's been less gun violence. When Giuliani was around, there were guns, but there was less gun violence. Adams is blaming everything on guns and not their policies. So nothing will change. I just wanted to hear what you think about that. I think that your analysis is an astute one. Look, every single person, almost, with the exception perhaps of some progressives and liberals here, understands that the problem is not the weapons, that the weapons are the method that the problem is delivered to society. The real problem is what is in people's hearts and what certain people think they are entitled to and can get away with. We have to have, James is going to say it again, and I know that I say it over and over again, we have to have a major cultural realignment in America before crime gets straightened out. People have to understand that there is this thing called morality. There is right there is wrong, and you don't do wrong. It has to be taught from a very early age. You cannot raise children in a godless, lawless environment and expect them to understand morality. You cannot allow people to commit crimes and go unpunished and expect them to understand that there are consequences for their behavior. We have to have in America a major cultural realignment and we cannot be afraid to talk about the underlying issues there are underlying issues with race that are involved we cannot have this continued glorification of the street life happening in the black community and expect things are going to get better and the hispanic community too by the way where this whole scarface street life thing is glorified you can't have it you actually have to have a line of demarcation between good and evil and teach people what evil is, and teach them that there are consequences for evil and enforce those consequences, then life will get better. Next up, Rich. Well, our friend Tom in Pelham called back, so let's head there. Hey, Tom, what's on your mind this afternoon? James, hello. How are you today? Good, thank you. Uh, I want to suggest to the law enforcement community in the county of L.A. where the Super Bowl will be held in two weeks that they do not send any of their officers over to the stadium. And in fact, they avoid the stadium the week of Super Bowl. Snoop Dogg will be performing. And I use that term uh, loosely. I want to read to you just one sentence of one of his songs. It reads, it's a 187 on the MFN cop. Now, 187 refers in slang to murder. So the NFL is sanctioning a show with Snoop Dogg performing where he blatantly sings out in the public those lyrics, and they're supporting this guy, they're paying this guy, and he's performing at one of the major events that this country has that's televised throughout the world. I think it's an absolute outrage that the NFL is doing this I think law enforcement should fight back and say, we're not sending anybody there. You figure out security on your own. And I think moving forward, that law enforcement should stay away from any NFL stadium indefinitely until this problem is corrected. He should not be performing if he's promoting blatantly and openly the killing of police officers. Tom, I cannot add a single word to what you said, except to say thank you for calling. When I read this morning that Snoop was the choice entertainment at this year's Super Bowl, I shook my head in disbelief. It is just, to me, the NFL is just making it... Folks, they're they're no longer anti-American. 
to me, in my opinion, is that the NFL has completely turned against traditional American values. First with the kneeling, the disrespect to the national anthem, all of it that we've seen, this glorification of Colin Kaepernick, all of it. The NFL is a disgrace. What has happened in the National Football League is just a plain disgrace. It goes from bad to worse, and every year it goes further. What they're doing is purposeful. There's, you cannot look at this any other way. This is a purposeful move. And what is it designed to say? This move, as our caller Tom said, Snoop Dogg's lyrics are out there. People know what they are. People have known what his position is. This is the NFL sticking its middle finger up to you, America. This is the NFL sticking its middle finger up to American law enforcement. This is the NFL sticking its middle finger up to those of you who cherish traditional American values. The National Football League is a disgrace. I have not watched uh, any football season in, in, I think, three years now, maybe longer. I've decided I've had enough. I'm not going to support this. I'm not calling on anybody to boycott. You like football? Go ahead and watch football. This is America. You have the freedom to do that. For me, I could no longer watch a league where you see these multi-million dollar, ingrateful, ungrateful players who don't know history, who most of some of them couldn't even read a history book if you put it in front of them. Bad-mouthing the nation that I love. I've had enough. And Tom, thank you for that call. This is James Golden. We are back tomorrow. Please be careful on the roads. Please be careful walking on the streets. Ice, cold weather tonight. We are in wintertime freeze zone. New York strong. America, the most incredible nation humanity has ever witnessed. And we should always be grateful for it.